Hello, everyone. Jesse here. You're listening to a partial preview of a wait, premium wait. episode. Why do you always do that? Katie, you're not supposed Why to do always do that? This is the pre-roll thing. Katie, get the fuck off my track. It's a preview. Why do I always do partial preview? Well, what is... Yeah, why do you say partial preview? I guess that's redundant. I mean, it's a preview. It's a preview of the of the episode. It's- Katie, this is my one thing. Okay. <laughs> this is a partial preview of her. Sorry. It's a preview of a premium a preview. episode of Blocked Reported. It's about uh, sex, right? We're just going to talk yes. about sex openly and without mm-hmm. with very little shame. Some shame. The right amount, of, the requisite amount of shame, but not too much shame. We're talking about sex and other stuff. You're going to hear some of it. If you want to hear the rest, go to blockedreporter.org, where for just $5 a month and up, you can become a premium subscriber, joining a community of almost 12,000 people, where you'll get three extra episodes a month, just like this one, as well as access to other perks. Uh, Katie, do you want to interrupt anymore, or is that it? Yeah, I want to say the show isn't just about sex. I think that's a little bit uh, misleading. The sex is, <laughs> the sex is, the show is actually about polyamory, demisexuality, and other neosexualities. Hope you guys enjoy the preview. Jesse, it is Pride Month, as you know. Wait, you're doing this during Pride? Yes, Jesse, and during Pride Month. How are you going to celebrate Pride this year? Just, I'm going to continue quietly engaging in heterosexuality without taking up too much space. That's good of you. Yeah, I'm an ally. I'm going to celebrate it by reading a letter that we got from a listener. Hi, Katie and Jesse. Serious question for you both. Do you think polyamorous people should be included in Pride Month and or under the umbrella of the LGBTQAA plus question mark parentheses asterisk, et cetera? Because I'm not saying we are necessarily oppressed the same way that gays and lesbians have been throughout history, but I will say that we are the only ones still in the closet. We rarely come out to family and we absolutely cannot come out at work. What do you think, Jesse? Uh, as the expert here, should poly people be included in Pride? Are they queer? Or perhaps more broadly, do you think polyamory is a sexual orientation? I um, When I was home in Boston, there was a local story about how like Somerville, which is sort of, it's next to oh, Cambridge. Yeah. It's like trying to market itself as like a haven for polyamory. And it was just like the narcissism man <laughs> of everyone involved. Uh, no, I, I think that people should be allowed to engage in whatever relations they want with as many people as they want i definitely want them to be able to like visit people in the hospital it's like the same arguments as gay rights although it is fun gay marriage although it is funny how i think we've brought this up before during gay marriage conservatives will be like what's next five people getting married and we were like no that's ridiculous um (laughs) i do not i think that this is not a particularly oppressed group and intends to be very privileged people i guess i wouldn't i don't think i would put it in the same category. I don't want them to be like face unfair obstacles like hospital visitation stuff, but I don't know. It doesn't, they don't strike me as if they were oppressed, would they talk about it so much? Right, right. Okay, so I'm going to like generalize wildly here, but poly people are the most fucking annoying people on the planet. <laughs> they are more annoying than vegans, <laughs> than CrossFitters. They are more annoying Gamers. than people. Gamers, yes. They are more annoying than people who recently found Jesus. That's how annoying they are. And as far as I can tell, being poly is like 1% fucking other people and 99% talking about talking fucking about other it, people. Yeah. Right. So I find it interesting that our listener says she can't come out as poly when poly people seem to love to come out. Like every day is a good day to come out when you're poly. Well, if you live in if if you live in one of our places, it's got to be different in more conservative places. Sure, sure. I'm I'm sure the poly the poly population of Selma, Alabama is is uh, is you know fairly impressed. But like you meet him. You meet like a, a nice lady at the dog park. You're chatting. You ask about a doodle, and she's like, 
He's a boy. His name is Jackson with an X. And I got her. I got him with my boyfriend and my boyfriend's girlfriend. <laughs> that is how much poly people love to come out. And I'm like sort of kidding here. Sort of. You know, some of my best partners are poly. Poly rights are human rights. <laughs> Please don't subscribe. I'm kidding. But as to whether or not poly people belong at Pride, to me, like, it just depends on the arrangement. So if you're a man... And a woman, man, woman, poly sandwich. No, you are a straight man with two girlfriends. That doesn't make you queer. It makes you either lucky or fundamentalist. Like, you've already got two girlfriends. Do you really need a parade? Now, if the two girlfriends are also fucking each other, they are bisexual and therefore they are welcome at Pride. But the boyfriend needs to keep his ass at home unless his ass is also being rimmed by a fellow male, in which case he can also go to Pride. Does that seem fair? Yeah, I didn't know this had sort of turned into savage love, but I'm with you so far. I think Dan would be forced to be more diplomatic than I am. Okay, so as to whether or not polyamory is a sexual orientation, my impulse is to say, no, it's not. Like, sexual orientation is about the sex of the people that you are attracted to, not the number of them. You mean gender identity. No, I don't (laughs) reject the concept. You think I'm a Florida judge? No. Uh, It's not about the number of them that you fuck. But I still, like, I wanted to ask some experts about this. So I emailed a listserv for sex researchers that we're both on. And their answers basically came down to either no or it depends on how you define sexual orientation. So uh, former bar pod guest and amateur sex researcher Ayla, she's herself poly, she said this. The majority of people have multi-partner urges that we're culturally instructed to ignore, wanting to cheat, for example. So everybody mostly has the experience of waiting something poly-esque as an option and deciding no. And this, to me, really gets to why it annoys me when poly people are like, I'm poly, it's my orientation, it's just who I am. I just think that, like, nearly everybody finds themselves attracted to people outside their monogamous relationships. And the fact that you've decided to act on that attraction doesn't make it an orientation, and it doesn't particularly make it special or different. I think that people sometimes lean on that as an excuse to fuck other people outside their relationship, too. Like, I just can't help it. I'm poly. I just need to fuck other people, right? So maybe it's an orientation or maybe you're just horny for someone besides your spouse. And, like, to be clear, I don't have a problem with polyamory as a concept or poly people getting together with other poly people. And I actually do think they should have some legal protections like you were talking about in – where was that? Amherst? Salem? Somerville. Somerville. Salem, they burn them. Yeah. But what I have a problem with is people coming out as poly as though this is an orientation and like their partners need to respect their desire to fuck around. Otherwise, you know, you're a bigot or you're sex negative or whatever because I'm a poly and it's who I am and this is my orientation and it's valid. There's just there's a level of like, again, we grew up at a time when basic questions of gay rights uh, were being fiercely debated. Like, could gay people get married, non-discrimination ordinances and... It's not like all those battles have been won because we both said there's serious backlash. But there's a huge number of people trying to glob on to LGBT stuff who I think in the past would not have been considered to be part of it. And and also in the past when there was more oppression of gay people, I don't think people were like opting into that because the no, oppression was yeah. real. And now that oppression has been lessened, that's when people want to be like, oh, yes, I'm poly. Respect my pronouns or whatever. I'm poly. What are poly pronouns? <laughs> They, they they're all they. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, thank you to the letter writer. Uh, The letter writer specifically gave me permission to make fun of poly people. I hope I did not deny your humanity too much. Also, I would welcome poly people at Pride specifically before I would welcome asexuals. A hormone imbalance is definitely not a sexual orientation. (laughs) 
Okay, so we're going to stick with the theme of fake sexualities for the next little while. And in honor of Pride Month, we're going to explore the origins of one of our more niche sexual orientations, demisexuality. And this is one of these scare quotes orientations that have popped up a lot lately, like a a neo-orientation. This is a a partial list of new orientations I found on the internet. Abnosexual, abrosexual, ace flux, Aquasexual. What's a bro? A bro? A brosexual? I didn't. I didn't look okay. any of these up. There's. Uh, there's like. Uh, let's see. Just on the A's alone, there's like fifty. And when you get to the T's, you get to tes- <laughs> testicular lorem sexual. That's the attraction of someone depending on how big their genitals are. Uh huh. So that that's real. These. Are, well, how real are these? Is it just like people just? I, I don't. Maybe this is too philosophical a question, but they just seem make up, made up. I think you're right. I think these are not real. I think they're just straight up made up. I think probably this is, there's like a little bit of satire, like, I don't know, yeah. sort of. Or playfulness. It's like Tumblr playfulness. Right. I do hope, though, that if it is real, tes- testicularum sexual, I hope the flag is just a pair of truck nuts. <laughs> uh, also, a friend recently asked ChatGPT to invent <laughs> 10 new sexual identities, and it came up with things like this. Phantasmagender, experiencing sexual romantic attraction that transcends physical forms and is based on imagination or fantasy. So that was number 10. Number three, lumisexual, attracted to light or brightness, whether it's physical or metaphorical. Jesse, number one, sapiosexual, attracted primarily to intelligence or intellectual stimulation in others. And there's a note at the bottom of this that says, remember, these entirely these are entirely fictional concepts and not recognized as sexual identities in reality. That's so weird. It's that one's sen- totally real. <laughs> it's not real. Sapiosexual? It's not. I, it is in the sense that people claim to be it, but it's as made up as like yeah. testicular sexual or whatever or phantasma gender. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just funny that ChatGPT took one that is very much considered real. It was like, this is fake. Yes. And said it was entirely fictional. But today we're going to focus on demisexuality. So let's start by defining it. Jesse, what is a demisexual? And can you use the term in a sentence? Well, I can use it in a sentence. I'm about to define the term demisexual. <laughs> All right. Great work. Can you define it? Demisexual. I know what a demi boy is. A demi boy is like sort of a boy, but not really. What I, You know what? I thought I knew what demisexual was, but maybe not. A demisexual is someone who only experiences attraction to people with whom they have a close emotional connection. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. For demisexuals, sexual attraction can only come after an emotional bond has formed. That's from queerintheworld.com. So it's literally just taking personality types and yes. saying this is a sexual orientation. Okay, cool. Yeah. So everyone who talks about this makes the same joke, something along the lines of a demisexual is another term for a woman. <laughs> I will not be making that joke, nor the other joke that everyone makes about demisexuals finding demi more sexy however i do think we should reflect on why people associate demisexuality with women do you have any theories well yeah because they're stereotypically and i think often in reality i think at the level of averages women are less into just sex uh than men that there's obviously exceptions and they overlap but yeah yeah women on average tend to be less in my experience women really don't (laughs) i've had the opposite experience but on average yes (laughs) women tend to be less promiscuous than men and so the thinking goes women are more likely to desire an emotional connection whereas men will fuck anything with like in your case, a hole in four legs and a tail. Uh, now, I don't want to erase the lived experience of any sluts out there. We see you. You matter. 
And data on rates of sexual partners is surprisingly difficult to find because historically researchers haven't been great about defining what partner means or even what sex means. And also, surprise, surprise, men are more likely to exaggerate the number of partners they've had. Women are more likely to undercount the number of partners. So with those caveats, according to a 2018 paper in the Journal of Sex, this was based on a survey in Britain, quote, men reported a mean of 14.4 lifetime partners Women reported 7.12. Now, much like other sinful activities like alcohol consumption, a very few slutty people can and do skew the statistics. So they did control for this in this study, and they found, quote, the gender gap of 7.02 reduced to 5.47 after capping the lifetime partner number at the 99th percentile. So there's still a significant gap there, right? When you get rid of outliers, or as I call them, outfuckers. (laughs) It changed it, but there was still a big gap. Exactly. So this study was done in the UK, and my guess is that the number varies widely based on culture and era. But I would also guess that the number of countries in which women on average have more sexual partners than men on average is approximately one, and that country is in Celestan. In Celestan, yes. A uh, a very angry country. (laughs) Constantly at war with itself. Okay, so why is this? My guess is that it's part nature and part nurture. Like some people get mad when you say that women have lower sex drives than men. And of course, we're talking about averages here and there will always be exceptions. But if you just look at rates of masturbation, men typically do it way more than women do starting in adolescence or even younger. Uh, One study, this is also in England, found that, quote, 37% of women and 73% of men reported having masturbated in the previous four weeks, and 18% of women and 52% of men reported masturbating in in the previous seven days. That was people between the ages of 18 and 60. And now you can argue that this is all cultural as well, and there's more stigma against female masturbation than male masturbation, and that's probably true in many places. But this is also a case where talking to our trans brothers and sisters is can be instructive because if you talk to any female-to-male transsexual, so a female on testosterone, they will likely tell you that one of the things that changes when you start taking tea is a vast increase in hoardiness. And if you talk to males have, who have low testosterone, they will tell you that it corresponds with a decrease in sex drive. Uh, once again, This American Life did a fantastic episode on testosterone, probably fuck over 10 years ago at this point. Um, I don't think that they would air this episode today. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. But it's a good way to listen to people talk about this particular hormone and its effects on the body without sort of all of the cultural baggage that comes with it now. Have you listened to that episode, Jesse? I I have not. It sounds fascinating. And it would be interesting to see how they talk about it a decade ago. Yeah, there's one part where uh, they're talking to a a trans man and he'd been a, a feminist and then he talks about how he's like, I think he'd gone to Smith College or something like this and how he was like on a subway and he couldn't stop just like staring at women and wanting to fuck them. And then Ira Glass was asking him about what other changes he experienced. And he said that he got really interested in math and physics. And Ira said something about like just doing away with, you know, 50 years of feminism right there. And I think that that sort of thing probably would not make the cut today. No. We'll post a link to the show notes. Um, Okay, so so I think that's the nature part of it. Hormones have a large influence on our behavior, and I don't think this should be controversial. But some people really do get mad if you say that men are hornier than women or that women have fewer partners because of anything besides stigma stigma and other cultural forces. Have you experienced this? Yes. I've had conversations about sex differences to me get really weird really quickly. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, no matter how much you hedge, like, yes, there's some stigma, there's some of this, there's some of that, but, like, I just think there's, like, average level differences, probably partly explainable by evolution, but people really don't like the idea that, like, 
evolution affects our behavior in real world ways. Mm-hmm. Right. And I do think that culture is probably a big part of this, just not the only part. Like, I mean, if culture didn't matter, women in Saudi Arabia would have as many partners as women on spring break in Miami. And I just don't think that that's the case. I also like just we have a lot of opportunities for like natural experiments. And I just don't think on like, I don't know, man, just compare like male to female gay dating apps and the sort of behavior that emerges. It's such a huge, like if, if people, if women wanted to have more sex, I just don't think the stigma, like, I don't know, man, there's definitely still stigma, but like, at a certain point, I don't know, reality tends to assert itself, and it has done so in a pretty overwhelming way here. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought that up. I was going to say, like, there's a reason that gay men will get on their phones and literally order sex or, like, wander through a park and end up blowing a complete stranger in the bushes. And then the one hookup app for lesbians failed after, a, like, a week. And it was not—this is not just because it was named Brenda, although that was also— probably a part of it, but there's a reason that men have that level of sex and women don't. And part of it is because of hormones, yes, I think. And also part of it is because sex is inherently riskier for women. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that. Katie, Katie, if wandering around through the park to find a guy to blow in the bushes makes you gay... (laughs) Okay, never mind. I don't think... There are obviously so many uh, exceptions to the rule here, too. Like, you require hours of trail rides and sugar cubes before you'll even braid a filly's hair... I'm basically the Andrew Tate of Katie Herzog's. Like, there, we are talking to exceptions right here. Hold on, I need to process that. <laughs> I'm basically the Andrew Tate of Katie Herzog's. What I'm a basically horrible the Andrew sentence. Tate. <laughs> okay, now the question of whether or not demisexuality is a legitimate sexual orientation is a totally different one. What do you think? I mean, it's just I've written a little bit about this in the context of uh, asexuality. Not wanting to have sex with people unless you, like, have a... Okay, asexuality, I could imagine some people, for whatever reason, just aren't into sex, full stop, and that would mark them as maybe different enough that it should arguably be seen as its own something. Demisexuality, it's just, like, it's a preference for how and with who you have sex. It's it's a spectrum. You're, you're at a certain point on a spectrum. Some people will fuck anyone, even if they hate them. Some people only have sex with, like, people they're married to. It It's, it's a... I view it way more as a personality trait, and I think it doesn't help anyone to pretend it's a sexual orientation, but there's this thing where people try to turn traits into, like, capital I identities because it gives you maybe right. more meaning or more community Cloud. or more power. Yeah. I mean, do you— You get a flag. They literally send you a flag of <laughs> of two people not having sex yet, but they might later. Exactly. It's very abstract. Right. I tell you, I, I mean, I feel like we're probably on the same page about this. Yeah, I just, I don't think it's any... That's it. That's all you get to listen to the rest of the episode in which we get to the origins of the term demisexual. We find out who the hell came up with this shit. Join us at blockedandreported.org. Thank you.